Welcome to the JD Power Work at Home podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with JD Power, and with me today are Mark Miller, leader of JD Power's customer service advisory practice. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me again. Uh, Scott Killingsworth, who's senior director with JD Power's customer service advisory practice. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. And today we have a special guest, Allison Fox from Travel and Leisure Magazine. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So before we jump in, let's just spend a minute on why we're focused on work at home here at JD Power. Uh, work at home is really an extension of our organizational best practices work. And our goal for this podcast is to highlight some of the organizational challenges of work at home. And hopefully we'll also point out some solutions. So with that in mind, let's jump in. First topic is, uh, Allison, let's start with you and your recent article in Travel and Leisure about Aruba inviting professionals to work from home from paradise instead of from their home office. Uh, Allison, um, what what did you find um, when researching the article and, and why, what, what's the idea behind this initiative in Aruba? Yeah, so I can't think of a, of a place that's more like paradise than the perfect sand and perfect turquoise waters of Aruba. Um, they're inviting people to, to come down and work for anywhere from uh, one week to 90 days. Um, there, they're offering um, different hotel and accommodation packages uh, that include things like special rates, extended stays, um, complimentary Wi-Fi, things like that that would make working from there um, easier. They're not necessarily inviting you to work uh, for a company to come down to Aruba and find a job there, but if you have a job in the US, they're saying that you can come down and work remotely uh, from their uh, sandy beaches. And um, this is sort of part of a larger trend that we're seeing uh, when it comes to workcations. A lot of hotels that were, and, and uh, destinations in general that were very hard hit by the pandemic um, are offering these kinds of extended stays to get people in. Um, we're seeing it throughout the U.S. as well. That's yeah, a really interesting idea. So beyond Aruba, are we seeing any of the other island countries offering something similar? Yes, yeah, similarly, um, a little different, but similarly, Barbados is offering a, a 12-month Barbados welcome stamp that would allow tourists to spend an entire year uh, in Barbados working from there. Um, again, it's, it's kind of part of the same idea of getting people in um, these, these destinations that rely on tourism were very, very hard hit by the pandemic. Um, and this way, you know, they're getting people to come in, they're getting people to spend their money um, to sort of revive, revive the industry a little bit. So, so working from the pool in Las Vegas is a, uh, another option for um, that, that's, that's being offered. Yeah, a lot of these destinations um, that relied on tourism are trying to get people in. So they're offering things like come work from the pool, giving people amenities that would make it easier for them to work. This extends not only to working from home, but to uh, remote learning as well. So uh, there's a hotel in uh, Punta Mita, which is just north of uh, Puerto Vallarta, that um, is, is trying to get kids that well, parents put their kids to come um, and they're offering them sort of different amenities to make even remote learning easier. Things like screen doctors that, you know, will come in and clean your iPad, um, you know, while you're there or the ability to rent a, a cabana uh, that comes with things like Wi-Fi and screens and headphones and even, you know, afternoon snacks 
um, to make, you know, sort of the whole idea of taking your life from your tiny New York City apartment to somewhere that's a little bit more glamorous, but still being able to do the kind of things that you need to do on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great idea. So, so Mark and, and, and Scott, applying this to uh, customer service organizations, um, I don't think we're necessarily suggesting you should move your entire organization to uh, Aruba or Barbados or Las Vegas uh, for this uh, work at home period, but perhaps this is a, a perk you could offer like a top performer. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, Mike, that would be the play, right? Um, I mean, it, it, it's um, really a good motivator, uh, especially with a lot of the demographics that we see going on inside the customer service industry in terms of skewing a little bit uh, younger, not all the times, oftentimes they're single. Uh, so it can make uh, more sense, right, for folks to offer this and have people actually uh, take you up on it. Another thought that uh, we had thought of, in addition to the perk play, would be the notion of, you know, due to the economics, uh, kind of as you alluded to, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to uh, make this wholesale transformation but to offer it to uh, your professional services employees, like we have certified clients, right, who their quote unquote call center reps are licensed financial advisors, right? Um, and moving that group out there for a period of time uh, and take advantage of what Allison mentioned in terms of kind of a workcation. Um, is is not a bad idea at all. So you have to take into account the economics of things, but if you limit it on the perk side and then you extend it to some of your professional services employees, you could really find a nice niche. And, you know, the goal of this uh, podcast is to try and help people think a little bit outside the box. So uh, very interesting idea. And, and right now, uh, we could uh, use a break, right? Because uh, this whole working at home thing definitely has taken its toll. Yeah, Mike, I would say uh, also adding to what Mark said, uh, you know, not thinking specifically around you know, Aruba or other uh, glorious destinations to work from, but just the flexibility um, to work from a different location, uh, even if even if it's in the U.S., I would look at it uh, as Mark did as a perk. Uh, you mentioned Vegas, but you know it could be someone who's currently a call center employee uh, based uh, in the north or northeast um, that uh, might be considering um, you know moving to a warmer destination in the winter, for example. So uh, it it just gives flexibility um, for. Uh, employers for customer service agents, uh, you know, to offer a more flexible environment and to offer some things that wouldn't be possible before, um, you know, due to having a hundred percent brick and mortar environment. So th that's my view on it. Okay. Terrific. Thank you. Uh, next topic is around productivity. So I think as we predicted, uh, we're starting to see productivity drop from that initial surge of product productivity when everybody was sent to work from home. A recent survey showing uh, employers, 40% uh, of employers actually seen a decrease in productivity. Uh, this is um, uh, down significantly from when the same survey was conducted uh, in April. 
So Mark, how should employers be thinking about productivity and measuring productivity? And, and does this indicate any actions or, or, or uh, what, what's our, what, what do we uh, recommend in terms of best practices? Yeah. So productivity is an interesting one, right? Uh, especially in customer service, tech support, frontline positions, that's a, uh, that's a grueling position. And in, in fact, we've seen companies look at productivity, productivity holistically, meaning it's not just about squeezing every single second of a employee's time uh, with the company uh, taking calls or returning chats or interfacing on social media. Uh, in fact, what we've seen in top performers is the intentional drop of occupancy, right, which is kind of a technical term that essentially uh, allows folks to measure, you know, productivity in terms of time engaged with uh, customers or uh, being ready to be engaged. And then once a customer and the customer service or tech support rep have engaged, something that uh, our audience is familiar with after call work, right? So occupancy is the percentage of time where they're doing that relative to all the hours scheduled. And we've seen that go down because productivity for productivity's sake in this environment where the call types are now much different than they used to be back two, three, four, five, and certainly 10 years ago, tougher and tougher, right? And so you have to intentionally manage your, quote, productivity levels, occupancy. Otherwise, you're going to suffer uh, poor performance, right, and uh, agent attrition. So productivity, it's not surprising to us where Scott and I sit uh, working with all these great centers that we, you'd see that um, uh, go down uh, potentially outside of the call center world. Inside our world, we're seeing productivity rise, but it's having a lot of downstream effects, right? So Scott, you know, maybe you could help folks understand the downstream effects of super high productivity or occupancy in a highly stressful scenario like work at home? Yeah, th there's certainly no shortage uh, of measurement in the customer service or technical support uh, world compared to a, just a traditional worker who's been forced to move at home. You know, every single second uh, is measured, analyzed. Um, employers know exactly uh, what the customer service or technical support agents are doing every single uh, second of the day. But Mark, you're right. There has been a, a swing in, um, you know, relaxing those measures uh, or at least the adherence to those uh, measures. As you point out, uh, there's a lot of pressure of, you know, agents being in a, a ready state all the time to take calls, reduce the wait times, uh, you know, aggressively managing talk times, um, also managing after call work, uh, you know, if you measure that uh, or manage it uh, aggressively, you're going to see de declines in customer uh, satisfaction and also a rise in agent um, attrition, right? Uh, just because uh, your agents need uh, that time, not only off the phones in that environment of one call after another, after another, after another, 
but coaching, uh, relationship building, and we talked about some of these activities that are really necessary, um, you know, to have a, a productive, engaged, uh, satisfied uh, employee uh, taking calls, which is going to handle it much better than than one uh, that's not. So uh, this whole concept of uh, decreased productivity uh, due to COVID, I think we were already on that slope uh, going downwards for good reasons, but it could have been um, you know, exacerbated uh, with COVID, m- maybe it's been paused a little bit just due to the, the pressures of uh, answering the phone, right? So, um, you know, we see that um, that pressure maybe uh, going down a little bit due to COVID. So maybe we'll swing back in the in the opposite direction and start seeing some negative benefits from it. Okay, thanks, Scott. Uh, hey, last topic for today is around young workers. So a couple of recent articles, both coming from Wall Street. Um, first one is at uh, BlackRock, the chief, chief executive officer there, Larry Fink, is concerned about work at home and the impact on uh, the 400 new young hires that they recently uh, brought into the company in, in July who've never been to the office. And I think the concern there really is about... Um, uh, culture and how do you ingrain the new hires and the young workers into the corporate culture? Uh, and then at JP Morgan, uh, the CEO, they're expressing some concern around productivity falling off for younger employees, especially on Mondays and Fridays. So, so Mark, how should, uh, how should our work at home audience be thinking about, um, young workers, especially for the, the new hires, uh, and, um, and, and, and the workers who, just haven't been at the company as long and, and need more coaching, I suppose, than, than the older, more established employees. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think there's actually an opportunity here. Um, and though, when I say opportunity, I mean, there is the potential for the younger worker to actually um, uh, be, in a place if the employer is intentional about working with them where the younger employee uh, can be less affected by what's going on than is currently the case. And what I'm trying to say is that to this younger generation, so I'm specifically talking about Generation Z. So these are employees born after 1996. uh, The main thing that needs to be uh, emphasized and built into life is ensuring that those young agents believe um, that what they are doing matters. And if they believe that what they are doing matters, so in other words, the work is transcendent to the rote mechanics of phone rings or chat comes in or social media post comes in, I'm responding to that stimulus, offering information, disconnecting. If you move from that to the fact that you are helping another human being on the other end and you're helping them make their life better, and so you're transcending the role to a role that is making a tangible difference That is the key to help keeping these uh, very young, these Gen Zers, 
engaged and productive. So I would argue that that Monday and Friday uh, dip, which uh, was noted in this article, could be absolutely mitigated if the Gen Z population is convinced and knows in their hearts that what they're doing um, is impactful and that matters. So I think being very intentional, we talked about this on previous podcasts, and this has to go with uh, you know uh, Fink's comment around culture, it's intentionality. You have to be very intentional about building uh, essentially these signposts and guideposts uh, into daily work, weekly work, monthly work to emphasize the culture. And if that culture is built around something that resonates personally with each and every frontline rep, then your uh, productivity that people are seeing uh, will not actually be the case uh, for Gen Z workers. So those would be, you know, our thoughts around how to keep productivity up is you have to engage these folks and really focus on uh, them understanding that their work is transcendent and uh, it does matter and is impactful to the world. Yeah, Mark, and I, I would also uh, just add, you know, about intentionality, right? So it's activities uh, that will engage uh, the younger worker, you know, whether it's uh, virtual happy hours or get-togethers, right? So that generation is certainly no stranger uh, to social media and uh, non-face-to-face interaction. So I think, um, you know, thinking about intentionality, you, you definitely have to have a strategy for specific activities um, that will uh, resonate and engage uh, with uh, that particular generation. So that's all I would add. Yeah, you know, Scott, it's interesting. So we saw this trend just to back that up. And and again, why we think that this group could actually be uniquely qualified to stay engaged in a work at home environment for the exact reason that Scott mentioned. What we have counseled our clients on back in the day when it was brick and mortar is, you know, to not take away the phones of Gen Zers while they're at work. And that's counterintuitive, but if you look at the uh, how Gen Zers actually operate and interface with the world, it is primarily through their their phones. Um, and so to take away, and, and that actually becomes how they get social support and emotional support. So you now have the situation where it's a little bit more difficult to manage for that in terms of taking phones away, making sure phones aren't out on the desk, et cetera, et cetera. And that could actually, I think it will force feed what we had actually been counseling our clients to do. It will force feed awareness of just how important that phone is as a social support mechanism for Gen Z. And so uh, if you're intentional and if you embrace it um, and if you uh, allow the Gen Zers to engage uh, in a meaningful way and express themselves to their peers uh, through their phones, then you can have the recipe for 
a successful uh, operation. Um, so those are just some more additional uh, thoughts. And, and what we'd say is as people come back to the office, uh, don't take those phones away, but learn to work within that environmental payoff for you. Terrific. So that's going to wrap it up for today. So Mark and Scott and Allison, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And thanks to our listeners as well. Uh, we'll post a link to Allison's article in our show notes. And to learn more about the J.D. Power customer service advisory practice, please visit us on the web at jdpower.com business. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.